1: Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I am your host, Kim Monop. Hello, what's up? How you doing? Where you at? Where you been? Happy holidays. It's mid-December. How crazy is this? Uh, time's flying. 2023, although I had a lot of time off, like a lot of us, it flew. It still flew by. It's crazy. Um, I want to first off say thank you to uh everyone who listened to last week's podcasts um boy everyone must have really liked fargo and the buyers of raw mankind a huge response from last week's episode so thank you so much to anyone who spread the word about the podcast and thank you to everybody listening uh welcome and uh join in temperature's just fine uh if you are new here uh, just to let you know, you can always email me at kimwannup at decoratingpagespodcast.com if you have any questions, any topics you would uh, feel like you'd like covered. Um, it's mostly trying to tell people what we actually do behind the scenes of set decorating and production design, art department, props. I've had a lot of different uh, below the line positions here. And above, a couple showrunners, so yeah. But um, mainly, you know, we're just talking about our work and our craft and how much we love our jobs and how hard it is, so yeah, so welcome. And this episode, if you're again listening, good one, um, I mean, Arthur Max, production designer and set decorator Ellie Griff, I mean, for Napoleon, phenomenal movie, I don't know if you've if you've seen it. The design is is fantastic. So um, that'll be in just a little bit. Let's talk about what I'm watching. What up's watching. So I'm deep into these screeners for award season, and I finally got to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Now I read this book. It's it's a great it's a great book. It's uh it's rough. It's not a, you know, an easy subject, but I knew that they were going to make a film about it. So it drew me to it. It was Scorsese and then then DiCaprio and I'm it. Production designer, Jack Fisk and set decorator, Adam Willis, who also decorated some of Oppenheimer. I mean, where'd you come from, man? (laughs) Potentially two nominations this year, maybe for production design, or at least going to be on a lot of. Awards. I mean, I don't know who. I I don't know Adam, but let's. I don't know where where'd you come from. Um, I like it. Great work. See that anyone? We're just. I'm dying to do this kind of work. I'm dying to do it. I just wish I could get there too. I think you know. I think when you're in this business, there are certain projects that you're drawn to and and that you want to work on and you strive for that and that sort of perfection or everything drives you to your next project. So I think bravo for, because I know that I've done work with Native Americans and how absolutely precious um, specifics are to them and in the film and getting everything right. And I know just from a set decorator point of view, you the, the respect levels is so prominent and, and you want to just get everything right. I previously talked to the production designer of Reservation Dogs and uh, War Pony, and I decorated um, a second season of Rutherford Falls. So, you know, it's, it's a lot. I know that. I think the film itself was good, and I, I was a trooper. I didn't even get up to the bathroom for the three and whatever hours. Um, but I probably won't watch it again. Let's be honest. It's not Wolf of Wall Street. It's not Goodfellas. Uh, it's a good movie. But I don't think I'll watch that again. It's also a hard subject to watch. I mean, you're watching people plan to kill other people through the whole movie and it's, it's hard. Um, but good movie. I'm sure it'll be nominated for many awards. We'll talk in a, in a minute about Golden Globes. The other movie I caught this week was Anatomy of a Fall. Production designer Emmanuel Duplay and set decorator Cicely Delu. No, they're French, I believe. Now this movie is good. But again, too long. It's too long. The decor is really all about this house and this um whether the the um a man dies either he was pushed or he jumped off a roof of his own house you don't know, and so the house is such a character that they had to um you know I'm assuming either design or find as a location and then decorate for this family, and then there's a lot of um. The French trial, which I thought was very interesting how they how they run a trial in France. So I liked it. I'm not going to lie. I kind of fell asleep for about 30, 45 minutes in the middle. I'm sorry. Um, but when I woke up, not much had happened. And I caught the ending and I know how it ends. So it was good. It was good that way. Um, I also watched Wonka again, which, because next, step, next week's episode is production designer Nathan Crawley. So I've seen Wonka twice. It's good. Is it an iconic film? Well I don't know. We'll we'll see. But it's good. And the I and I'm usually kind of uncomfortable. Oh I'm kind of uncomfortable in musicals. But it's not too there's not like music every single minute. So you know that was good. Um so yeah that's what uh Wana's been watching this week. I have talked quite a bit about the book that I'm reading because I listen to it on audiobooks, and it's 28 hours long. So I'm I have like four hours left. <laughs> it's called Oral History of Hollywood by Janine Basinger and Sam Wasson. And I'm on these chapters where it's like quotes New Hollywood, which I believe the interviews that were this was taken from is the 70s. And um they started to go back and talk to production designers because I had mentioned that they go through almost every position on the crawl and I'm waiting and waiting for them to get to like production designers and set decorators and the chap, that little blurb was like over in like three minutes of 28 hours that I've been listening to. So I'm at a point where they've gone back and now they're talking more to production designers. And what's interesting is you know, in the 70s, they, they really talk about this new Hollywood and independent films like Easy Rider and Midnight Cowboy and all of these films that were independent and then became these huge hits. And um, how the breakdown of the studio system that they had back in the day, back in the original Hollywood, of someone, the like production designer, heading up an art department and working on basically every film that came through that studio like MGM or Universal or anything. So there are production designers who have over, you know, 500 credits. And if you listen to the Production Design Film Study series that I have going on, we talk quite a bit about that also and the designers' work and, and how the same designers kept doing the same things. But really, they were kind of overseeing things. Um, but then, you know, what they start to talk about is that they – Missed the Hollywood system because it actually kept costs down, which I thought, well, maybe that's because they weren't paying any enough, but there were unions by them. So, but it dawned on me that they didn't have to negotiate every time they worked on it. Like that guy worked on 500 films. He didn't negotiate 500 shows. He worked for MGM and that was his rate. And he, you know, worked on some of the, you know, best movies of all time. So it hit me like that because the negotiating every single time you get a job is such bullshit. It's just so like, in a sense, demeaning because you have to like prove your worth every time just to get like a $50, you know, kit rental or something. It's like, it's crazy. So that's always a pain, but you do it and you y- you move on. Hopefully, you're not bitter. Um, but it also I just thought, you know, if you're being paid enough, and probably they were for the time, that's amazing. That's just it's an amazing thing. And you know, it didn't. It worked out for actors sometimes too because some actors were in you know hundreds, you know, hundred films or whatever under their contracts and some were lent out to other studios. I don't think, I don't know if they even had any say in it. So, um, yeah, but I just thought that was interesting. and that's what I'm listening to right now. Uh, but yeah. So what else? Well, should we get to this episode? I don't think I have. Oh, let's quickly just go over the Golden Globes. Uh, just the, um, the project. So best mo- motion picture Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, Anatomy of a Fall. Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy, Barbie, Poor Things, American Fiction, The Holdovers, May-December, Air. Totally weird to me that Wonka didn't get nominated there. Weird. Best Television Series Drama, 1923, The Crown, The Diplomat. Ugh. I don't know about that. The Last of Us, The Morning Show, Secession. And then the best television show, musical or comedy, The Bear. Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary, Jury Duty, Only Murders in the Building, Barry. And then limited series. Why is The Beef limited series? That has seasons. That's weird to me. Anyway, Beef, Lessons in Chemistry, Daisy Jones and the Six. All the light we cannot see, fellow travel travelers, and Fargo. So, you want me to pick my winners right now? I can do it. Uh, best motion picture. I might go to Maestro. Best musical or comedy, Barbie. Best television series should be Secession, but they might give it to The Crown. Uh, best television series, musical or comedy. Oh, The Bear. I got the bear and the beef mixed up. Sorry. (laughs) The bear. uh, I think we'll probably win either that or only murders in the building and then limited series. That's the one beef is in. Sorry. I think Fargo should win. And Daisy Jones is fantastic too, but they'll probably give it to beef or I don't know. That's a tough one because they have a lot of different, um, different uh, storylines going on there that could favor different uh, votes. I should say, but that's, that's um, plenty of other categories we're not going to get into because uh, Golden Globes doesn't do production design. So uh, forget them. But of course, I'll be watching. <laughs> so here we go. On this week's episode, I speak with one of the most uh, influential production design teams, production designer Arthur Max and set decorator Ellie Greff. I was Absolutely thrilled to speak to them and kind of dorked out. Um, And I spoke to them about their project, Napoleon, directed by Ridley Scott. So to create this epic scale of a movie, production designer Arthur Max, a three-time Oscar nominee for Gladiator, American Gangster, and The Martian, has collaborated with Ridley Scott on 15 films since 1997, starting with G.I. Jane, has seen this business of production design change immensely over the years. Quote, we have always built giant sets, but now we use spaces in different ways, he explains. When we made Gladiator, CGI was in its nuance. We were limited as to what we could achieve. Now the scope of our ambitions has grown with it. But we're still in this school of thought that it's best to have a physical set to build off of not just a complete CGI universe. And I have to agree immensely. Um, set decorator Ellie Griff joined Max on Gladiator in Morocco, followed by Black Hawk Down and Man on Fire, uh, directed by the late Tony Scott. More recently, she worked on The Glass Onion, which brought her an ADG award. And they were, are both currently finishing up Gladiator 2. How cool is that? so on the podcast we explore the this intricate process they had for napoleon and research and we talk about color palette of the time um how the decor of these elaborate tents a lot of battle scenes a lot of tents and then she brought up beds so yeah i hope you enjoy my own podcast, Decorating Pages Podcast. Hello to both of you. How are you? Yes, very good. Thank you. Are you tired yet? Have you just been like <laughs> doing a million of these? <laughs> well, this there's been quite a few. You- yes. Oh. oh, I'm your first? Oh, uh-oh, pressure. Um, it's uh I would like to start by saying that I'm a set decorator for almost 20 years. Your work has absolutely inspired me, so this is such a gem just to get to like talk to both of you. So I'm so glad to have this opportunity because absolutely your work has inspired me over the years. So thank you first, first and foremost for that. Um, I really am just blown away to get to talk to you and to see this film, which is another epic film that you took on, which is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you must have had well, over we... 200 <laughs> sets. Yeah. <laughs> You must have had at least over 200 sets, right? Do you know? Who's okay. counting? <laughs> yeah, I, they were guess, I guess when you get that many, you just stop counting and you just go as the, as the schedule goes and you just do it. Um, I'm wondering though, in, in a project like this and taking over someone's life story and the research is, I'm sure, so intricate, was there any specific piece of research that you found or did that led you like down your color tone path or down like your character detail decor path? Oh, okay. um, Well, I mean, it's a collaboration
0: across departments. So as you know, you know, one has to bear that in mind that it's, you know, you might have a, a, um, a strong urge to lead like that, but actually, you do have to collaborate with everybody else. Costumes, obviously, Arthur and I is a massive element of trust. But you know, we clearly go through things beforehand, and we just have to make sure that you know we're the same temperature as everybody else.
1: Right, right. Was um, in historically um, going through this and picking locations. Was it harder to find... I mean, you shot in England, correct? Was that it? Yes.
2: Yeah, shall I take this one, Ellie? Yeah.
1: Yes, please. Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm sort of the architect on the film, and um, that was one of the bigger challenges of not shooting, you know, one of the greatest characters in French history in (laughs) France. We love the French and we love France, but for various reasons, Um, We decided uh, to do it in England and in Malta. Uh, Malta, especially for the naval side of things, the nautical scenes, Um, and representing uh, Toulon in France, and also the islands of Elba and Saint Helena. Um, But in terms of uh, architectural style and research, I had somebody in Paris, in the Bibliothèque Nationale working for um, quite a long time, pulling research out. So um, we were very well informed um, by French French researchers about the history and the design side of things. Mm. And surprisingly, and I was pleasantly surprised to find so much um, that was suitable in England that would double up for French, uh, both the exteriors and interiors. And, and landscapes, um, uh, and there were a, a couple of locations that we we, we found um, a bit further afield outside of the general central London area that were couldn't be more French, um, where uh, particularly um, the um, Bowson Hall mm. in uh which was designed for an English diplomat who had lived and worked in France on behalf of the English Crown, fell in love with English style, I mean, French style, sorry, and came back and built a a completely authentic French chateau, which was completely unrenovated as well. It was was maintained in its original condition, with beautiful grounds and um, first forest kind of primary oak trees. I mean, just gorgeous. And it was just fell in our laps.
1: It was that Josephine's was that Josephine's
2: um, well, it's at the point in the story where they're married and he is Mm. has become a general after his success in Toulon. He's um, promoted by the Revolutionary um, committee to the rank of general. And he's married by now. And that's their home. It's called in the film Chateau Bonaparte
1: it's beautiful. There
2: was a Chateau part, but it doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Um, So we felt we had a little license there. But back to the question you asked earlier about palette. Um, I mean, we tried to stay true to the colors of the era and how they're made and uh, what kind of dyes they used. And, um, you know, to be faithful to the period. Um, not to use commercial fabrics uh, that are out of period. Mm-hmm. And the spectrum of the, um, you know, the two sides also, we had um, so many different countries to represent, and they're all color-coded in, in uniforms mm-hmm. and banners and flags. You know, it's like a football match. Right. <laughs> um, you have to identify the teams or else you won't be able to follow the action. So there's all of that um, to talk about in terms of, um, you know, and in coordination with costumes as well. Right, so yeah. The interiors and the props, et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. There's a whole side of, you know, domestic and military color as well. I found it really interesting to kind of keep track of it all.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it is it's funny you reference football because it does seem like that. Like you really just vote like cheering for uniforms at a certain point. <laughs> You're not.
0: Yeah, exactly. You just want your side
1: to win. Those battle scenes are so incredible. The ice one is unbelievable. And also with the decor of the tents that they had and what they would set up and um, just setting all of those things up on locations, how – how in decorating how was that
2: well i'll turn to ellie she's the queen of the
0: tent queen (laughs) yes i mean i love a tent that's for sure um i think i think we had about between five and seven little tenty bits to do which got bigger and bigger um i mean it's a joy really i mean the french obviously a lot more ornate and you know um um uh, 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 imposing and and you know Wellington's tent very simple brutal you know um, efficient you know right. it, uh, weather cover really right. is is what it was. and um, but it was raining cats and
2: dogs when we shot Wellington it,
0: yeah, oh, it, it was pouring and you know howling gales I mean I'm surprised they they. They kept standing, to be honest, because the weather was what you see on the film. I mean, it was black and thunderous, and the wind was relentless. Oh, so, um, yeah, it was a bit of a challenge.
1: Yeah, I would have been
0: like, really "I'm out." That, <laughs> mm.
2: We love we love the elements. I mean, uh, that's what <laughs> really lives for. He doesn't mind at all. You know, we cope with that all that. But back back to the research side of things, I remember now that we're talking about um imperial and royal tents Mm. that um there was a lot on napoleon um visual uh and reconstructed napoleon tents in museums and 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 that sort of um research but very little i remember very little on the austrian king tent there was one image i think an engraving and um i couldn't find anything on wellington could you you?
1: do you like that though do you like that that like okay well, i can't really find anything now i have a freedom to design something you know do you like that Yeah,
2: I, I like constraints i favor knowing what what, what the parameters of the box is right. but but i don't mind where there's no information because i'm quite happy to make it up as well yeah right. uh, i don't know ellie likes uh to to take the research i think and and just you know, go go and take it where she wants to.
0: Until um, someone tells me to stop, well, the, I, well, that's the way that to go. Is, Keep going. That so was like. me.
2: That yeah. Is, was, <laughs> whoa.
0: But, yeah, but you know what? It, it, I mean, it's fascinating for me. The you know, research, history, it, it it's it, it's so important to me and what we do, and you know, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it and and i obviously want to put as as much reality into the interiors and exteriors as possible um but there does come a point where you know you do have to rein it in a bit because otherwise it just starts to look a mess on camera right and so you have to filter stuff out i you know sometimes i i feel that i'm going a bit too far i let it go far and then we pair it back you know, to, to, to see, you know, make
1: it more architectural, really. Did
2: you... I think the fun fact of tents on this, my favorite tent situation was the Tsar of Russia's tent, remember, Mm. uh, in Bourne Wood, which I think we ran out of time and tent rental potential or tent making potential. We ended up with a garden party, off the shelf tent which, you know, um, I think turned out to be our best one in certain ways. Yeah,
0: we had to hastily put a lining together and, you know, and a few reflective pieces that would grin out in the darkness. And um, but, you know, again, it was r- dressed to Ridley's storyboard, you know, the shape of his main establishing shot out the mouth of the tent, wasn't it? It was right. it was to yeah. guided like that with,
2: with Ridley, you know what? Uh, the key angles are and what you're trying oh. to achieve and how he's gonna set his cameras
1: because he you know, storyboards really his good. he does his own storyboards i read is that correct or you do it with no yeah, he's yeah. been doing them for yeah. like forever right. and
2: he's really good at it. he's an artist he's a he's a draftsman he mm. paints in his spare time he paints very good at oil paintings ah, um, mostly of his home and his family and his dogs
1: ellie maybe give him a rental here and there maybe yeah <laughs> Um, when you're talking about the tents and I know, you know, the lighting and the candlelight and, and everything that you have to integrate there, can you talk a little bit about, because I, I know now we are basically lighting the sets a lot and especially with candlelight, you're helping so much to light the actors. Like how was that process with the DP and, and working through that? Well, um,
0: obviously we have multiple different, uh, uh, candle setups um some locations dictate that you can't have live candles at all right so we had like led tips oh yeah so we could give the whole apparatus plus the candles to the sparks and then they would rig the whole thing and then we'd dress it in um, and i believe that the tips then i'm talking to charlie visual effects you know they tip the tips with a proper flame mm. if they were you know close in vision i mean for background i think you could get away with it but um um and then other locations would let us use real candles so it is a little bit of russian roulette really and we had mm. to cater for everything
1: wow. you know
0: so yeah but it's interesting i've never done led tips before that was a new thing for me um, um relatively
2: new technology yeah. they've gotten better yeah. I smaller yeah. and more powerful, and, and also, you know, a lot of the lighting is inspired uh, by paintings of the period, mm. and we try to recreate those. And, and we take a little bit of license also in that, you know, we look at um, paintings like uh, George de la Tour um, and Canadian. Caravaggio or a bit earlier um, because of their use of light but it just evokes um, you know a period feel mm-hmm. and sometimes we invent kind of light fixtures that um, may or may not have existed
1: to bounce to light to bounce light back in i always find that of like oh that's such an interesting light i wonder if they made that to bounce light back in instead of letting it all go you know having fixtures that come back in to to the actors or to the set that's well
2: they they did use reflectors and and candle shades to keep the heat off the ceiling, setting fire to the room. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. but we worked very closely with our DP, Darius Borsky, uh and and um, you know sometimes we were making um, period-looking but um, battery-operated LED lanterns to carry around without having to get involved mm-hmm. with cables and things up people's sleeves and down their legs right (laughs) and and so you know we ran the gamut of all all sorts of fixtures and lighting but um real candlelight and we we got into how many wicks were in a candle
1: triple wick
2: uh darius i think preferred double frankly Mm. as i remember right ellie yeah
0: triple too smoky for him i think Mm. yeah yeah
2: and and the nature of the wax and the color of the wax and the shape of, and the size and on and on it's all good fun
1: well yeah i i always think when i watch films uh like i was thinking with the scene with the horses going through the ice and that whole battle scene like that must have been a lot of meetings that must have been a lot of meetings
2: we love a meeting <laughs> we had so many we had a war room it was called the war room on Ridley's office floor, which was a whole <laughs> open plan area with a gigantic table and a big uh, screen uh, monitor for Zoom people to arrive mm. in the meeting who couldn't attend, and we had lots of those almost uh, daily sometimes.
1: What was we your... had giant
2: models in that room of all the sets and battles, um, wow. with all the little figures you know to scale, and um, lots of trees and shrubs everywhere. <laughs> and the topography, you know, accurately. Mm. And, you know, but I'm talking about big models, you know, the size of two tennis tables, some of them. Oh, wow. So everybody stood around and you could, you know, Ridley would, would describe how he was going to shoot and what the action was. And there was a lot of pre-planning. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah.
1: How much prep but did you have? That film
2: was a battle, wasn't well, yeah. it, Ellie? yes making that yes. film was a yes. daily battle for us
0: it, it was. Sure. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's quite good because obviously arthur and i have a shorthand going back yes. years. but it, uh, i you know what we haven't mentioned here is the multiple cameras you know when they're shooting it's not just one camera with the unit you know these other satellite uh, uh well really splinter units but multiples over right. 10 you know, at any time can pop up. And, um, you know, that can be quite unnerving. So, so you know, you have to do the most intensive dress, I think, and organization and walk through together to make sure that really from every angle you've got most things covered. Because of course you can't cover personally 14 wow. cameras.
1: Right. You Where can, does anybody you know, hide? Can... Where's Video Village? Where's like, you know, it's... You're shooting the, the world.
2: Usually in the tent, in a tent, in the part of the yeah. set.
1: Right, in the tr- rest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a tr- <laughs> yeah.
2: No, it's all it's all good fun. I mean, we love a challenge, and and uh, a lot of the battles, you know, you had to design for what was not there as much as for what was there, because right. we didn't have twenty-five thousand Brits and thirty thousand French. And, Forty thousand Russians. Right. We had, you know, what did we have? Early on average, was it five hundred a day, six hundred a day extras?
0: Five hundred maximum on on yeah. any day, but obviously that they they didn't, you know, they didn't spend their budget that way. It was most days it was like two fifty, I think, split in half. Yeah,
2: on each side. So you had to kind yeah. of design for what wasn't there, right, and allow. Room, because it was being framed for immense amounts, of visual effects additions, and that a lot of previs was involved in that, so that you had a good idea of you know where you were going, and elements um, were were allowed for. We were planning for full-scale camps, and but they were imaginary. Right. And you, we, it it really affected the choice of locations to have enough mm-hmm. scale for the additions. And we did a lot of plotting around in Wellingtons on this film. Ironically,
0: but also <laughs> the little the little camp tents. Interestingly enough, you know they had to be portable so that we didn't hold the unit up if we had to move half a dozen of them to give visual effects oh, their wow. continuation line. Right. You know go down so so you know whilst they were turning shooting one way you know um our teams would be <laughs> lifting all these tents on their backs and i putting them you know uh, to give you a continuation line for the next shot that visual effects was going to top up and and go on to the horizon maybe so it's i mean what's lovely about that i think is that you are working across departments and and totally immersed in what other people need and do. That's the beauty of set I think yeah. is that you, you you dip into every single other department. You you're not
1: uh, insular at all. No props. I mean, we just fall over with props all the time. Wardrobe and no, it it mm. is. It's all inclusive of, of getting the the look of everything. I I mean. I've never I I would pray to be on something this huge but I can imagine well, the like intricacy in meetings and details and everything throughout all of the departments to to get all this right because it's such an epic story it's a well, lifetime it, it's unbelievable.
0: Personally it's slightly different with props uh, in our hybrids kind of system in the UK mm-hmm. is that you know uh, props used to be in the hands of the set decorator. So um very grateful I am that they branched out, you know, um, in, in a way where they're self-sufficient. But I still like to be involved. So it's not, you know, it, it's not the same as an American prop master mm. who is on the floor and responsible for all the action props. And actually, you don't have to get involved at all. But we you, There's still some of us that are a bit old fashioned that like to, you know, help out and you know, make sure that there's a um, cohesive
1: look. Right, right, because all that armory, like all that, all of that and everything, you also have like technical advisors that help with all of that too, but the production of all that, I mean, it's a massive undertaking yes. also. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got horse dressing, that's right. set
0: decorate. You've got, you know, all the um, extra detailed dressing for weapons, change, Chains, rope, you know, lanyards, you know, all those clanking, you know, textual details that you need to put onto stuff. Um, yeah. Vehicles—they still got to be dressed, you know. Oh um, yeah. and Yes, you know, it's it's, but it's great because you know you you know I am Napoleon. Right. We're doing exactly. Yeah. I mean, how else can you do it? I mean, that we all do it differently, but you know. Yeah. How else do you do it
1: except be one of those people?
0: Did you have?
1: Did you? Did both of you have a favorite set?
2: <laughs> oh, I want Ellie to talk about beds.
1: Beds. Oh, the bed. I <laughs> I read a little something about the bed, the
0: historical bed. Know? Beds. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing was Napoleon's bed. It was one of the first things that I did, and um, and it and so I went for fabrics that were really, really, you know, original silk, very, very reflective. Mm. And when he said, you know, come to the bed of of, uh, our masters, I think that's the line. And and she runs in. It's very simple. It's in the firelight, but we had a, a convex mirror in there with the imperial eagle. And it was just a delight to do again. Really simple shapes, but the fabrics were so reflective. Mm. You know, mm. it was just a pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure to do. And then we had, well, I mean, we had multiple beds. In the right. end, I, you know, I I did buy some online. We cut and shot them. Some we made. Uh, you know, there was a lot of improvisation. Lots and lots of bed drapes. Um, and uh
2: biz? Yeah. With coronets.
0: Right. And coronets, yes. We had to make coronets. We had to make golden gilded swans for her bed at um, Bohane, I think it was. And um, and then, you know, there was her deathbed, um, oh, yeah. which was also, you know, done in reflective silks, where she's, uh, I think you see it in the background of her with the throat infection, right. and the diphtheria. Oh
1: they're beautiful. Yeah. So
2: we, we had a, a bed factory in, you know section cup yeah. making workshop. Mm. And cool. it was they were always rushed <laughs> for some reason. And um and they were always very complicated to install. And they were always they were always kind of a joy to finish at the very last minute. <laughs> I seem to remember. <laughs> and they were magnificent. And I really, you, you know, congratulate yeah for, you know, the the variety, I mean, you know, from the the very simplest of camp beds for the average soldier all the way up to, you know, Josephine's uh, imperial bed in Fontainebleau. I mean, they were pretty orgasmic creations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank Um, you, Um, And Napoleon's little bed in his tent was a direct replica actually of his campaign uh, bed and yeah, which he
2: he designed, didn't he?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: He was. Yeah, and and campaign furniture in general. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, there was a lot of authenticity, and at the same time, there was a lot of invention, mm. and it was really fun. That's why I brought up the subject of that It was
0: always <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a, was...
2: a bit of a surprise when I walked into a room. <laughs> <laughs> To see what we were dealing with that particular day, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it was a great period to do for that reason, yeah. because you had the you know the very practical military side of campaign, and um, and then the just lavish opulence of the palaces and the and the chateaux and the
1: ships. You were all those ships too, like. Oh, you say
2: ships, but ships. we only had
1: one. You only had the one? I keep thinking of yeah. that scene with the checkered floor. I love that room. It's simple and, and beautiful as it was. I love that.
2: Well, shall we shall we confess, Sorry? Yes, that, I think well,
0: no.
2: Yeah. I mean, that is the real HMS of his victory down in Portsmouth. Uh-huh.
1: Beautiful. I was wondering, because color wise, it was it was brighter and it was and I thought, wow, this is something a little different in the room than and plus he's just well, sitting there a, it's all a like very him.
2: authentic georgian green isn't it so
1: oh, it was beautiful
2: it's, it's a museum and they've, they've restored it accurately oh wow uh, so uh, we don't really count that we just walked in and, and i think we sort of emptied the room didn't we you got um,
1: you got a light day on this like 50 days you got a light day that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah.
2: well yeah. i mean You win and you lose in this business sometimes.
1: Yes. Um, But we
2: only had one ship that became both the French fleet and the British fleet. It was repainted, redressed, re-rigged.
1: Oh, then you didn't get a day off.
2: (laughs) They shot, you know, from every angle, every, you know, direction. Um, So all credit to visual effects because we only had the one ship,
1: really. I I was fooled. Oh, I thought you had a fleet. <laughs> so
2: that, that's, I thought, I thought I'd mention
1: <laughs> Um, I have to wrap it up. I just want to say thank you again so much. And um, thank you for the inspiration over the years. I can't wait uh, to see uh, your next project because that's going to be awesome too, I'm sure. Good luck with that. I'm sure, I don't know if you're in it or you're done it or, I don't know, but you guys like to pick up an uh 200 set lists huh <laughs> I'm sure
0: <laughs> oh, we love it and I we mean, like Arthur said it's the challenge and the high speed you know it's great yeah very used to
2: it you
1: know yeah 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 yes and you work together I mean like you said like the shorthand and working together it's always always um, makes things a, a little easier when you when you know who you're talking to and 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 you can talk together about things instead of something new. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. it makes it fun. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, awesome. I think it shows
2: up on the screen, you know.
1: Oh, definitely, (laughs) definitely. It's
2: a collaboration. Yeah. 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 Um, Look. there you are
1: yes thank you so much and uh good luck with all of your interviews today Hope <laughs> they're not too exhausting well, well thank you you've been very very easy to communicate with oh good i'm glad and again a total pleasure so thank you so much and um i hope to see you again sometime. i hope to see you in award season i'm sure <laughs> thank you <laughs> that thank would you.
0: be lovely okay. bye-bye
1: take care bye-bye So, I, I didn't dork out that much, right? It was I it was cool, right? I feel like my voice was much louder. I had to do the interview at work and used someone else's office and sat down and I'm at the corner of like Sunset and Gower and all those sirens are going off, so sorry about that, but that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. Um, gosh, I forget that in different countries how decorators are responsible for such different things. And um, dressing horses and weaponry and everything is such another huge job. I don't even know how you layer that on to an already huge, massive project like this as a set decorator. So, especially to that, bravo. Bravo, Ellie. I mean, fantastic job. I, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for Napoleon to come up on screeners again because I would. I would watch Napoleon again. And I think probably many times throughout my life, I could throw that on. I think there's, I think it's very weird that uh, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't have an accent and he's Napoleon and he's not even French or anything. And then all the other people have English accents and they're French. But, I mean, I get it. I mean, it works. It's a beautiful movie and I don't know. I, I really liked it I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna do well I don't know but we'll see I'm a voter in some things I I, I I don't know I liked it Anywho so next week's podcast is production designer Nathan Crawley for the whimsical film Wonka which I said in the beginning I saw twice. I really liked it I think the design is fantastic. I love that it's not a remake of the story and it's an origin story and I don't know I, I liked it so again I'm a voter whatever um, and then tomorrow another production design film study uh, 1980 with our director production designer Raff Leiden and we talk about the film's Tess which was the winner we talk about Empire Strikes Back the uh, Elephant Man, Coal Miner's Daughter, and Camarissa. I can't even pronounce it. It was a Japanese film and I can't pronounce it and I, I have a lot of opinions about it. So, uh, it is on YouTube already if you want to check that out. And the podcast comes out tomorrow. So, another week for a twofer. I'm really giving up some Christmas prezzies here. I hope you, uh, I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages.